The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Thomas Ta is our guest, head of APAC iShares Investment Strategy at BlackRock. So some of the issues, uh, the driving issues in this election, Thomas, have, have been inflation. We know that. Gas prices. Uh, also abortion and government spending. And maybe we can start with government spending. The federal budget deficit as a percentage of GDP is actually down 10 percentage points. Yet the Republicans are saying that a vote for the Democrats is a, is a massive government spending vote. As Matt Winkler points out in his uh, opinion piece on the Bloomberg Terminal, the deficit is actually down to just 5.4% of GDP from more than 15% under Trump. Are voters buying the Republican line? Uh, good morning. I mean, that's some pretty heavy stuff uh, <laughs> very early on today. But, um, you know, I think it, you know when we look at what's going on in, in with the midterm elections at the moment, it does seem like uh, we will get a... a, a uh, uh, Republican uh, Senate and and House, uh, you know what that means for for the markets at the moment. Uh, you know, generally it tends to impact certain sectors much more, which are uh, healthcare and energy. But I, I think the I think that the interesting at the moment is you know how little up until probably today last night, how little the market has actually been paying attention to to the midterms. Because I mean, if you recall four years ago, it's all anyone was talking about. But given uh, the inflationary environment and and the the, the probabilities of moving into recession, um, you know that's kind of what's really been driving uh, the agenda at the moment. And then we have the earnings season, we have what's happening in China. So I think that's taken a little bit more of a of a back seat. But when you look at you know what the Fed have been doing, and and Biden has obviously run on infrastructure spending in in previous campaigns. Um, you know, I, I think that's kind of the uh, that's kind of the the, the matter uh, at hand at the moment. What, what will the actual Fed do versus the actual uh, the actual government? Yeah. Do you think that the uh, the Fed and uh, what's uh, oh, the monetary policy is being complemented by fiscal policy? Because there are contradictions. Um, they are a little bit yes, but uh, it, it it seemed to me at the time that you know because. Uh, because the Fed uh, were essentially hamstrung, that the that the the fiscal policy would actually pick up. So um, that's that that's kind of where we we've, we've seen these big inflows into infrastructure spending, uh, infrastructure sectors and stocks. Um, and it hasn't just been in the U.S. Right, we've seen that in in, in Europe and, and China as well. Um, but I think you know in terms of how that impacts the market, it's still really more about monetary policy versus fiscal. We've had a big drop in the dollar here over three days, uh, 1.8% down on, on Friday, and then four-tenths of a percent the past couple of days. Uh, it's pretty significant. What does it mean? It means that the uh, long positioning in U.S. dollar was, was very, very consensus. And, and, you know, we've been kind of saying this throughout the year. But, you know, 
at the moment in, re- in regards to how the market is working. And everything starts with the inflation and then predictions for, for the Fed and then how that impacts US dollar and then that really impacts everything else. So, um, you know, I think it's more just a case of stretch positioning rather than, than investors changing their mind on a strengthening US dollar. So, Thomas, looking at what happened today with FTX, did it surprise you? Um, well, the answer is I, I don't really know because, to be completely honest, I don't cover crypto. Um, and one of the reasons for that is that generally our, our bigger investors are not really that interested in it. Um, you know, what I, what I think I, what I'm kind of more looking at is whether there was any spillover to the rest of the market. It doesn't seem like it. Uh, to me, so you know, I don't think it's really that much of a, of, a, of, an, of an interest for for most of our investors here. What, what makes it interesting is that potential spillover that you mentioned, uh, and it's kind of like when you go back to Bear Stearns when it was snapped up for a pittance, really, because basically, um, when people want their money and you don't have it, um, you know, you're in a very difficult position. But as you say, uh, the market held up pretty well today. Uh, nonetheless, but does it kind of scream out that more regulation is needed in that sphere? Um, again, I don't. I, to be honest, I don't really know because I, I don't cover crypto. Is the is the is the on, honest answer? So in terms but, of, but what I mean, surely you would be concerned if you know if the dominoes start to fall, it can have an impact on what you do cover. Yes, I mean, in terms of the spillover, you know, for, again, for us, like most of our investors, don't actually hold or look at crypto. So I, I do think it's more of a sort of a retail impact there in regards to, you know, investors trying to get their money out or, or whatever it is. I don't see that asset class as, as really large enough to cause, I mean, obviously, you don't really know, but to, to cause a spillover into broader e- equities or fixed income. Thomas, let's have a look then at what's been going on with the Hong Kong market, because it does seem as though we've got uh, uh, you know, volume surging last week. We've got a southbound uh, on the uh, uh, Connect system, um, really at the moment, been seeing the uh, inflows into Hong Kong since September. Has the Hong Kong market, which looked like a screaming buy with valuations, turned the corner in your view? Um, I would say yes, but I also thought that in March. So in terms of in terms of uh, valuations, I mean, there is clearly the, the valuation story there uh, for Hong Kong stocks, for China stocks as well. Um, you know, what I think is uh, has been happening over the last couple of weeks, particularly for the offshore China tech stocks, is more of a short covering situation rather than investors going uh, going long. I mean, we haven't had any particularly great news over the last couple of weeks, but it just seems like investors want to cover those uh, cover those shorts, particularly going into into the end of the year. So the valuation story, yes, I think is definitely relevant, but I don't think this is long-term investors looking to, to go to get back into China at this point. There's two big overhangs for investors here, I would think. Uh, one is, is China reopening at some point, uh, getting past the COVID zero policy. And the other, because Hong Kong is so rate sensitive, uh, some sort of turn in the Fed. Um, which one happens first? And do we need both? That's a that is a very good question. You know, I think if you look at the the China reopening, you know, that's 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 what foreign investors are focused on. But we also need to remember that, you know, you're looking at the world's most populous uh, uh, country. That is good. that reopening, even uh, even when it is announced, is going to take a very long time to implement. Right. So, I think you you I think that will cause a short term rally. But again, I don't think that's really. Uh, that's really going to be a case of longer-term investors moving into back in just because we get we get an announcement on 
reopening. I I think if you look at offshore uh, China or or Hong Kong stocks at the moment, it is more of a rates uh, rates story, as you mentioned. So um, with rates, you know, coming off a little bit, U.S. dollar coming off a little bit, we're seeing that kind of risk risk sentiment coming back into the market. And it does seem to me like it is a little bit of a, a FOMO rally that's happening uh, at the moment, because if you look at positioning throughout the year, it's become more and more defensive. And if you start to see a rally, you know, if you're if you're an investor going into uh, year end, that's not a particularly great thing, right? Because you've already kind of underperformed the market, and now you need to to start to chase some of these moves. Very quickly, in ten seconds, how much of a recession has been priced in? Uh, I think it's around seventy-five percent at the moment. Thomas, thank you so much for joining us. Thomas Tool, the head of APAC iShares Investment Strategy at BlackRock. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.